At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here checking out the episode. Uh, Please do hit that subscribe button. You know what to do. You like what you uh, hear, what you see. Uh, Subscribe so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every week. Three a week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual podcast spots like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm talking with Adam from The War on Drugs. We get to discuss the new record, I Don't Live Here Anymore, uh, their fifth LP, uh, Adam's going to dive into how he found the sound of the new album, taking some inspiration from Radiohead, and then having their producer, Nigel Godridge, show up to their studio. A uh, bit of a cool moment. Also going to hear about how he writes lyrics. There's a lot of beautiful poetry on this new record here as well. Then we jump to the live show. There's a line actually in the uh, the new album where he talks about dancing to uh, Dylan's Desolation Row. They've covered Bob before. I want to hear about if that opens the door for another Dylan cover in the future. And uh, and we're also going to hear about So there was an interview that he did recently with Carrie Russell, the actress. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, you know, when you get to that point in a band, you start having famous people show up, what that's like. He tells us a little antidote about uh, when Pink Floyd's David Gilmore was in their audience as well, a huge hero of Adam's, as you can understand. So let's do it. I don't live here anymore. It's Kyle Meredith with The War on Drugs. How's it going? Going great, man. Congratulations. I don't live here anymore. It's... You keep doing it over and over. I don't know how many times we can compliment you before it starts sounding, uh, you know, but you did it again. So congratulations. Oh, thanks. Thank you. You've been become known, I guess, for so many things. One of those is this mood that you set on your albums, the music that you create. Did you have something in mind going into this? Um, and, and did it end up where you thought it might? Uh, and I'm talking more about the sound and the music. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, certain songs had a little bit, more of a, an immediate identity. Like when I was working, like when I wrote it, it was like, like that song, I don't want to wait. Uh, like it just felt like a certain thing. And I think a lot of the recording of that was trying to bring that out and make sure we kept that kind of that mood going. But a lot of times you're just kind of, I mean, I was listening to the, the title track the other day, like the, the early version of it. And it doesn't sound anything. I mean, basically the same song, but it doesn't sound anything like where we ended up with it. And I think, just always kind of following some sort of 
muse really but it's like just having fun with stuff you know and like yeah little bits of inspiration may pop up and a reference to this record you just heard on the way into the studio and you just kind of pepper all these little things on your songs like recording techniques you read about from another session or a classic sound you know and you end up three years later you end up with this mishmash of you know bits of inspiration and songs and sounds and um until it, and it feels like oh yeah this feels like the band you know but only a few of them kind of had like a, an immediate kind of thing you know like a color mm-hmm. um and the rest of it was kind of just having fun and and following our our heart and following our inspiration and our love of music and yeah. Well, you mentioned I don't want to wait. And, and I remember the first time I heard that and I, had, I was listening in headphones the first time. And I think the thought that came to my mind was, fuck. <laughs> because right. the sound of that, I think I read a little bit that's a, it's a bit Radiohead inspired too. Is that true? The vocal thing. Yeah, we did um, all the processed vocals at the beginning in the first verse. Um, I think, Sean, we were at Sound City and I just felt like that first verse because we had all those keyboards that were kind of glitched out because of the strange mistake that happened with um, a computer program, but I kind of just ended up bracing it. And then it was just this very kind of alien beginning to a song. You know, it didn't, it felt like kind of very, like something I never heard. And um, I mean, we're always like dubbing out vocals, but this was like, Sean, we should like do something, you know, way more effective and have a lot of fun with it. And um, we just ran the vocals through, of 50 different pedals on each side and it ended up sounding really cool and we just kept processing and and that's the thing it's like yeah there's like you know Radiohead's always a big influence I mean you know when you're making any sort of record I feel like you know we just grew up listening to them and and as like a yeah that, I think your reaction to that song is cool because that's kind of the way I think that's what I was hoping people would you know it's definitely not like a, a like a it's not like a breezy intro. It's kind of a little darker, a little bit more, a little stranger, you know, which, which is what I was looking for. So is it coincidence, maybe a little kismet that Nigel Godrich actually showed up to uh, one of the studios that you were in? I mean, that's, I know, that's, I know. Got to be a mind blowing moment right there. Yeah. Cause he was friends with our friend, Mike. Uh, they go, cause Mike was in this band, here we go magic. And um, love that Nigel, band. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. And the, the record that Nigel did with them, uh, it was a really great record and they, and Mike and Nigel just remained really close friends. And so he was in New York and, and stopped by electric lady and we're all in the tracking room. And then he pops his head in and, and he says, obviously the sweetest guy, you know, and Sean is obviously a big Nigel fan too. And he was there and everyone's trying to play it cool. Like, Oh yeah, what's up, bro. You know, but it's like, everyone's like, Holy shit, you know? And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like little things like that. And that was the same day I think we were trying to do some tape loops, kind of inspired by a lot of the stuff they do. And um, yeah, it's cool how that stuff just comes in and out of the process. It just, you meet people, you know, even just anywhere you live. I mean, talking mm-hmm. to other people in bands, who, other people that are making records, everything just influences everything else. You know, no one's really making creating music in this record in the, in a, in a true bubble, you know, I mean. Well, on the lyrical side of this, you know, you do find as you listen sort of themes emerging 
how, I'll, I'll ask this first. How deliberate are you with your lyrics? And I only ask, you know, sort, sort of some folks are just like, I'm making sounds until they start to make words and then I'll figure out what this means later. But there's a lot of poetry on here that I wondered if a lot of these lyrics were, were really deliberate. Yeah, I think so. Um, a lot of times I'll start with um, some line that kind of brings me into the song and I'll spend like a long time reworking stuff because a lot of times I'll only have maybe one third or two thirds of um, the finished of the song, you know, like sometimes I'm just look searching, you know, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like that um, looking at a blank page for two years. Like it doesn't, it's not always the easiest thing for me. Um, so I think there's certain words, like there's certain lyrics that immediately step out. And then I try to like, find my way through the rest certain songs like occasional rain like i had that line it might have even been as simple as hearing it on the news you know you're like watching the news is on the background you're strumming guitar and like the weatherman says occasional rain you're like oh what a great name for a song and then you kind of like some things happen really quick like you might like that one the verse i basically just played four chords and sang a melody i was like oh there's the chord like each chord i was just hitting the right chord each time and it made a lot of sense and then you just try to fill in the, the pieces, you know? Um, and other times things are a little bit less deliberate. Like you're really searching for, like you love the music, but you're kind of searching for a way into the song. Like what, what is this about? What, you know, what's the context of the other songs? Um, I don't always write like sitting on the couch with an acoustic or with the deliberate idea of like, I wanna write about this specific thing. You know, when I do like a writing session at night in my room, like you just kind of do a lot of free association, a couple chords, and you have like an, an, a melodic idea. And in that moment, a lot of cool things come out of your mouth that you couldn't really sit there and write. I always thought that was like a weird process. And then the more, as I grew up, I realized that a lot of people do that. You know, a lot of people I respect as songwriters. And I was like, oh, cool. I, that's a valid way to arrive at something, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's different for each song. And sometimes you're just like, whoa, like that. I don't know where that beamed down from, but I'll take it, you know, and other times you're kind of just searching for something like a way, a, a different way into the song than what, than what you already have. What's well, interesting then when you, you, you do start to hear certain words that arrive escaping, it, there's a lot of escaping on this record. There's a lot, seems to be a lot of running from uh, huh. control taking from, like I said, it's just these words popping up and, and where does that come from? Somewhere, sometimes nowhere. But uh, as a fan, you know, of course, you're a fan too. You're a fan of music. You listen to these songs in a way you're, and you can't help but wonder, like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely, yeah, I think that experience obviously flows into the music. And there's probably, you know, going into making a record. I don't think I've ever been like, this is what I want to make this record about. But I think as time goes and you just kind of, you know, in the thick of it and, um, you know, in this, you know, life around you keeps moving, you know, and um, you try to make sense of it all through, through, through the song. So it's fun hearing, like I said, so many moments throughout this record. Um, I've got, I think I've got a favorite lyric I, I wrote down. It came from change, which we've been playing on FPK a lot. The, the line where was, maybe I was born too late for this lonely freedom fight. Maybe I was born in the wrong way. Maybe I was born in the wrong day. I haven't even tried to decipher that, but I just love the way it feels, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
And, and of course, you know, and you've got the first single, uh, you know, with the, the title track, I don't live here anymore. We danced to Desolation Row. Uh, I'm a very big Dylan fan. I know you're a big Dylan fan. With the tour, does that give the opportunity to pull, put that into a set? I mean, do you guys throw the covers in there as well? Oh, I thought you were going to say, does it give me the opportunity to change the Dylan song each night? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we used to t- cover Tangle Up in Blue. We did it for a radio show in uh, Minneapolis years ago, and then we kind of did it a bunch. We also did this Dylan song called Born in Time, which was uh, the version I love is on that Telltale Signs release that came out maybe eight or nine years ago. But yeah, we've, we've, we've actually um, been talking lately about what the next cover is. Um, the last cycle we were doing that Warren Zevon song, which mm-hmm. made it onto our live record. But yeah, what Dylan, I mean, Dylan songs, you know, lately actually my, my son, Bruce, he, um, he loves Blonde on Blonde. He loves that song, Absolutely Sweet Marie. Absolutely, he just yeah. points to the phone and says, Bobby. And then I put on Absolutely Sweet Marie. So I was like, well, maybe, you know, and now I definitely know this song inside it out. So maybe we can, maybe we'll start jamming this one. Who knows? Well, I, I'm, uh, you know, seeing you guys on tour is such a great thing. I, I know you guys have had to, because of the COVID restrictions, take the, um, the openers off. Although I've been in love with the latest Low Moon, and I know you guys are uh, playing with them over in Europe. I'm, I'm really envious yeah. of that because the mood both of you all set, that seems so perfect. Yeah, that tour is going to be great. And I, you know, I can't stress, it wasn't really something we, we're excited to do. It's just, you know, our band is in a little bit of a different position than some other bands when it comes to COVID exposure. And so we just needed to do everything possible within our, within our abilities to make sure that our, our people on our stage were as safe as possible. And it's just the way it is. Um, But, you know, we're going to try and make it up to everyone in different ways. And, and yeah, we got that tour with Low Moon in, in Europe and, you know, they're old friends of ours and, you know, it's just, you know, we were, we were bummed, but we're, we're, we're excited that they're going to be on the next leg. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll wrap up with a goofy candid question. I was reading your interview with uh, Carrie Russell and hearing about, you know, when you hear about folks like that out in the crowd and I'm sure that happens a lot. Do you get that moment though, when you hear like there's somebody on the crowd and it really does knock you back a little bit too much and like kind of freak you out. Does that ever get in your head like that? I think that might've been the one that, that, I was most excited about. I was like, oh, wow, you know? But, uh, you know, I guess maybe if, you know, we were playing in London and someone was like, you know, David Gilmore is uh, sitting over there, you know, I'd probably, which has happened actually, we did the Jules Holland show and he was the, he was a non-musical guest and he was basically sitting three feet from me when I was, when we were doing um, one of our, when we were doing Red Eyes and I had like a Pink Floyd sticker on one of my pedals. So I was kind of, I wish there was a photo of that, but, um, but no, you know, it's like, um, no, I think, you know, sometimes if there is like something like that, you're kind of made aware of it. And, um, and then by the time you're in it on stage, you're forgetting, you know, right. I'm just trying to remember all my songs, all my words, my chords, my, my pedal changes, my computer, you know, my MPC changes, all that stuff. Well, Adam, I, I really seriously love what you do. Uh, the you. whole band with uh, I Don't Live Here Anymore. What a magnificent and beautiful record. Thank Thank you you for taking the time to talk about it. It's been fun. Anytime. I appreciate it. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. 
There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. So let's hop in the time machine and uh, and head back to, I believe, 2011. That was the first time that Adam and I had ever spoken. Uh, this was around the record Slave Ambient, still one of my favorite albums that he has done with The War on Drugs. I'm going to include that interview here. Um, it was early on in my own career. I was still trying to figure out how to be an interviewer, but uh, it's not horrible. I've just grown a little bit as I listen to this, but it's so good hearing uh, Adam, especially considering that how, how much they were on the cusp of just really breaking through with all of their success uh, and his success. So uh, let's get into this part two of Kyle Meredith with The War on Drugs. Uh, the, the new record, um, this is the first one you've put out in a little while under The War on Drugs. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, full length, yeah, besides the EP. Right. It's, with the EP in mind, it's one of the very first times you've written solo. I mean, were the old records written solo? I know, you know. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they definitely were. Um, they were collaborative as much as, you know, they were collaborative with people as much as the new one was, you know? Right. I mean, usually, like, the, the bare bones of the songs or the demoing or, like, a lot of the weird sounds are all me, and then, like, you invite your friends over to play on it. And they usually come up with something that's like pretty irreplaceable in a way. You know, on the first one, you know, some current guitar stuff, and then on this one, Robbie Camp with some pretty awesome little keyboard lines, and you know, so yeah, definitely like the bare bones stuff, and, and the lyrics are all all me. And then usually it's like what people add to it, usually taken into another yeah. kind of direction at times. And you've had, um, I mean, I hate to call it a revolving door. I, you know, I don't know the reasons why. Uh, you've had several band members uh, throughout the years in, yeah. in all of this, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you found that, that that really has changed the uh, the style of writing as you collaborate with new people each time? I think um, not so much the style of writing. I think definitely the approach to, um, as you kind of go, you know, sometimes the band was, you know, was, or we had once two drummers, then we had one drummer, um, three guitars. I think it's, you go and go through those 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 moments where you kind of see, like, the potential of also... Like, when there was less people in the band, when we were three-piece, and I was just doing mostly guitar and keyboards, I became a much better guitar player because of it, you know? But in terms of the writing style, it never really affected too much the writing. And, you know, people from the old the old days also still sometimes come in and play on stuff. Yeah. Um, but the new bands, the, the band that toured for the first time the four-piece when we played with Destroyer a couple months ago, that'll be the same band's you know, for Slave Ambient in the future. It'll be exciting to kind of like, maybe next time around go into a studio with an actual band that had been playing together a lot, you know? Because I think it's the first time in a long time that the band kind of sounds, gives the songs a similar kind of feel that's on record, you know? We're not really, just plays as like a, a unit really well and we just kind of pay attention to like the song's doing. So, yeah, it's good. So it's worth asking, um, are you a difficult bandmate, or do you just prefer playing with different people? I think I'm definitely not a difficult bandmate. Um, I like playing with the same people. Right. Um, I think it just took, you know, every whenever, whenever somebody would not be in the band anymore, that was obviously always their decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, it was their decision to not really pour too heavily. I'm definitely one, though, to, like, I don't, definitely maybe not, like, not look back in a way, you know? Like, if someone's kind of, like, if you kind of move on and you kind of find new ground or you kind of, like, 
find out this new thing. It's not like they're not welcome back in, but I tend to just kind of stay with what is working at the time, you know. In those days and months and, and even years to a point uh, when you had off, uh, you weren't really complacent. I mean, you were doing other things, right? Oh, yeah. most. I mean, I was recording a lot, and I was traveling with the drugs and with the violators. Uh-huh. So, yeah, definitely between bands and recording. I mean, I've been super, super busy for three years, right. which is, you know, it's been great. So now, I mean, now that, uh, you know, Slave Ambient is coming out, uh, do, you, do you intend for drugs to be your focus? I mean, is this what oh, you'd yeah, like to sure. get settled into? Yeah. I mean, they always, it always is my focus in terms of, like, you know, I also wanted to be able to tour on a record, not so much tour aimlessly over a couple of years, you know? And it took a while to definitely wrap my head around finishing the record and making it what I wanted it to be from the start. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely my main focus right now. And now that it's out, or that it's coming out, like, definitely, like, tour as much as we can and and get you know i mean the last tour we did in the in the spring and like took the band to kind of another another level to which it really hadn't been at before so right. exciting start it now and then see the next three months and then kind of where we'll be then and maybe you know a bunch of new songs or like where we'll take the where we'll take the um slave ambient songs you know right, right now we're in a position where we're just trying to play a lot of them on the destroyer tour so we're not trying to learn a record you know but right now we're just trying to get back in the feel of them and then i'm sure a couple of shows in they'll start taking on their own little their own, their own um, full little beast live so yeah it's gonna be exciting the war on drugs has always had a, no matter what review it seems that you know a person can read about you there's always that word that creeps in which i find really interesting which is you have an americana tag yeah uh, that people likened you to now in in uh traditional americana you know i mean you, you, your sounds while while they hearken to that uh is very very different almost to the point where it seems like you are creating a new even subgenre for a subgenre yeah i definitely would never I would definitely have never have used the word Americana for my for the music, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I think people use that in response to maybe, like, a pretty classic style of songwriting, you know? Right. Uh, kind of strummers versus maybe some choruses here and there. But I think it's also, like, it's like the world of, like, enjoying writing songs and giving the songs, like, a certain mood. Um, and also then the experimental side of it, where, like, some songs are written guy and a guitar and some are written, like, for months by just, like, coming up with samples, you know, or, you know, it's all the samples are all my own stuff and kind of starting with like a tone or like a, a percussive sort of, you know, electronic beat or something. Um, yeah, and then kind of combining those two worlds at the end of like maybe a standard, typical kind of song in a way surrounded by all sorts of different kinds of approaches, whether it's like guitar based or synthesizer based or whatever. Right, right. A lot of them are also usually started in some way with a guitar, you know. Which is a great way to start a song. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you seem to have, um, I don't know if road imagery or road scenery is, is the right term, but there is a bit of narrative that kind of follows your song that seems like, uh, and, and even to reinvoke the word again, maybe that's uh, also where uh, you know Americana seeps in there too. Uh, does, yeah, that, does that play yeah, a big part when you're well. writing? Yeah, I think, well, definitely over the last couple of years too, traveling so much and not really, I mean, even though I have a home in Philly, maybe I think not being there that much has a lot to do with it. Um, and also, I think the way that I tend to approach lyrics fairly spontaneously, you know, like multiple versions, but always trying to kind of come up with something up top of my head. I guess in a way, that's something that I kind of uh, naturally go towards, you know? Maybe always kind of looking inward at this kind of nomadic, maybe, search for something, you know? Yeah. But I also think maybe the record itself is kind of, a lot of it has to do, I think, with the process of trying to finish finish the record, you know, or finish something that's like, you know, wrap your head around something close to you, so. Do you enjoy the uh, the nomadic lifestyle? I know some folks can deal with it. Yeah, and some at times, folks yeah, it's been like it. pretty nonstop for a while, but it's nice 
knowing that there's a place to uh, come home to for sure. How often do you get there? Uh, well, these days? I just I actually was on tour with Kurt for the last three and a half weeks, and I flew back yesterday uh, to Philly, and I was there for last night, and then I, we came up to New York today. So, and I'll be home. For, I'll be home for about a week, ten days, and then we go on the road again. Yeah, home for about ten days. It's a way to live, isn't it? Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> Living out of my little uh, travel travel bag. Right. But uh, it's, it's good. Well, you know, slave I'll, ambient is uh. It's sounding great. It really, really is. And, uh, oh, you know, hopefully this is the the big step for you guys because it sounds like there's a lot of excitement out there about it. Yeah, it's been awesome. Like, you know, finishing it was one thing, and then, like, having people here, it's another thing. So, mm-hmm. yes, I'm, I'm excited for whatever happens. All right, man. Well, yeah. thanks so much for taking the time today. Yeah, I really do appreciate yeah, of course. it. And uh, maybe we'll see you around at some point. Yeah, I'd love to, love to come down there and play. So, All we'll right. get there soon. Take care. Cool. Thanks, bud. And again, my thanks to Adam. The new album is called I Don't Live Here Anymore. It is easily one of the year's best. Thanks to you as well for uh, making your journey here, checking out the episode. Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or again, anywhere you get your podcast from. After that, do me a favor. Head over to WFPK.org. It's where I do a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots, uh, mostly on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram. All three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.